Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For this week's podcast, we're doing something a little different. First of all, we have Taj, BET's host of The Buzz, and we got our special guest, Trey Songs. Yeah. So we're going to do something a little different with the podcast and um, have you play Love Doctor for us. Okay. So, <laughs> last week. So fitting. Uh, right. So we asked your fans to turn over love and sex questions. Right. So I'm a love we, and sex doc. I'm not yes. just a love doctor. Not just a, come on now. Okay. Just love and sex doctor. Right. Um, so I want to just kind of start. Not too. I'm going to start a little soft. Start soft. Start a little soft. So the first question is from Kara Marie Three. And she asks, what is the craziest thing you have ever done for love? Craziest thing I've ever done for love? Wow. Uh, for my, my first relationship, I remember uh, the first time I really like went crazy for a girl. I was like very defiant of anything anybody had to say. <laughs> uh, it was when I was uh, 19. I was actually living with her. And uh, I would drive back and forth from New Jersey to DC and or Virginia. Like I probably did that trip. It's four hours to DC and uh, six hours to Virginia. I would sometimes make that trip two and three times within like like a week and a half time yeah. like just to see her. And we had this crazy relationship. Like it was so intense. Like we would like spend so much time together and then we'd spend no time together so it was like the beginning of me like trying to find my way musically mm-hmm. so uh and she was she was very much uh she's a little crazy <laughs> what do you her mean mom, she's a little crazy her and my mama used to get into it because she's very territorial over me and i was i allowed her to be <laughs> You're like, like yeah so i, I think uh driving in my honda without the the well, actually, back then, I didn't have a Honda still. I had a Chevy. So I would drive, like, all that time, back and forth, back and forth, while trying to make an album, while trying right. to be a new artist and all that. So I would I would think, like, that would probably be it. Was it just too passionate? That's why after so much time you had to take some space? It was very intense. Like, uh, it's a deep story. Like, it wasn't just love there. Like, she had actually lost she has suffered a, a very uh, big loss in her life, and like I was the only person really there, mm-hmm. yeah. so I kind of felt like I had to be there for her. Mm-hmm. And she kind of uh, didn't operate like a human being without me. 
Like so I would feel the need you. to be there. Yeah, she right. was like actually dependent on me. So I would feel the need to be there. Anything else didn't matter. Like whatever she needed, I would be there. Yeah. Like even though I was miles and miles and miles away. Yeah. yeah. I know um, you mentioned your mom. I know Tasha had a question of her own about when kind of... When do you think... Or how do you know when it's time to take a girl home to your mom? Like, is there a certain amount of time that you wait? Or is there, like, a moment where it's, like, she's the one? Uh, I don't think it's a, a time thing. It's how much, how much, how serious you are about her, as far as I'm concerned. It's how serious I am about this person in my life. If, I'm, if it's a point where I'm sharing a lot of my life with this person, then uh, definitely. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. But my mother's only met, like, three girls. I feel like it should be like that. Yeah. It right. be selective, right? <laughs> yeah. So the second question is from Miss Callie Angel, 90. She said, or asked, is there any place that you have yet to have sex at? And if so, where would be the ideal place? Besides oh, yeah, I the haven't bedroom. had sex in this room. Uh, Here, yeah. at the billboard. Yeah, I haven't explored this room yet. I think this would so be... this would be your ideal place. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying I have it yet. She said, where haven't I had sex? There's a million places I haven't had what sex. What would be your ideal place besides the bedroom and besides... The Billboard Studio. The ideal place besides the bedroom, uh, the whole house, I think, lends itself to uh, sex. If you're passionate about somebody and you want to do things that are outside of the norm, because ideally it, the bedroom would be the only ideal place for sex. Right. But uh, if you're looking to be creative and explore, I think you use your whole house. The bathroom is definitely fun. That'd be the spot. Look at her face. <laughs> 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 oh, I knew it. I missed it. Right, well, wherever there are mirrors. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. So, mirrors. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, T. Shora A. asks, have you ever loved someone and they never loved you back? And also, how did it feel if you ever have been friend-zoned? No, it's never really happened to me. you never been friend-zoned? No. And you've never loved anyone that didn't love you back? Oh. oh, you're lucky. So, for those who have been friend zoned, have you ever friend zoned someone? I'm sure I have. Without knowing? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't, like, knowledge, you'd be like, this is just gonna be friends. Uh, I mean, the friend zone is a tricky thing, though, because, like, uh, I've been in a friend zone uh, with someone for a long time, and then we ended up together. I wrote a song about it, Can't Be Friends, actually, where, you know, you are friends with somebody, and it's not because I was friend zone, it's because it probably was what was best for our relationship. We were great as friends, and uh, once we crossed that threshold, it kind of got a little weird, you know. So, uh, have I, uh, and I've, I've definitely probably friend zoned a couple people unintentionally. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies now to them. Um, so, not your average underscore girl. Wants to know if your oh, love making, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. if your love making was like a weather forecast, what forecast would it be? If my love making was like a yes, um, <laughs> you know, I got this song called Foreign. Out, uh, it's a line mm -hmm. in it. It said, "Make it rain when I bring that thunder." There you go. So listen to that song. There's your forecast the right forecast. there. <laughs> All right, so Carmen Neverson wants to know what is your biggest regret you have had from a past relationship uh i like I, I have regrets but i don't really like the word because you can't really take it back you can't take anything back so why regret it just know that it's a mistake uh 
probably keeping somebody in a relationship too long when I when I knew that it shouldn't still be a relationship, keeping them, giving them false hopes that we'll stay together or that it's going to last forever or not letting somebody know that it's, like, not what you think it is. Uh, I would say that because you in a relationship, you're responsible for other people's feelings. That's the thing about it. Like, you really have to keep their feelings in mind. So if you, in fact, know or feel that this is kind of coming to its end or it's, you know, even after its end, there will never be another beginning. Right. I think I, I, I could be guilty of that. Was that like a long period of time that you were in that place? Yeah. Kind of how long? Uh, might be still in it. <laughs> you might still be in it, <laughs> not knowing if we should get out. Right. I mean, I'm out of it. That's the that's the thing about it. I'm out. I know I'm out. But, right. But you, know, you have like to share that information with the other parties. Not your average underscore girl also wants to know what's the most awkward moment you've had or experienced during a sexual experience uh, i'd rather not talk about that has there been many no but there's one that stands out <laughs> <laughs> and it's just too awkward yeah, it's just i don't want to talk about awkward sex i'd like rather talk about great Good, sex. great sex yeah. well what's a great yeah experience? what is a great experience a great moment uh, the greatest experience sexual. I've, I've been known to do these interviews and they kind of circulate all around the world. And I kind of got to be careful what I say because I get a little nasty. I think y'all can listen to my music to figure out great sexual experiences of mine. Is there one in one of your songs that stands out the most? One in one of my songs? Or what song would probably? Uh, what song of mine ex- explains a great sexual experience? Your best. <laughs> Uh, dive in, neighbors know my name, love faces, uh, name, uh, what else? Uh, They're all just that great, you're like. Right. <laughs> I, I, I definitely, uh, write about my own sexual experiences. Alright. So if anyone ever had a doubt, they, right. um, Wait, So I have a question. <laughs> I want to know. So it's not a fan question. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. not a fan question. Okay. It's a Taj Ronnie question. Right. Taj want to know. So, if your love life was a movie. Mm-hmm. What would you name it? What would I name uh, the movie that is my love life? That's a great question, actually. I would name it uh, something about time, and I hear I see the words time, and I I wonder when, like when is it all? What's at the end of the road, I guess? Like, that's not the title. Like, I, I'm i a creative person, so I want to be more <laughs> clever than that. You but the feelings encompassed with, with the feelings inside of that would be, where does it lead to? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, what, Who will I end up with? Who I'll marry? Who who will, uh, like, have my children? Would it be girls? Would it be boys? Uh, like, so many, lead, so many women lead to one. Hmm. Usher Europe wants to know if we were to have sex, you and Usher Europe, what music would you like playing in the background? Well, I don't know if I would have sex with Usher Europe. <laughs> Firstly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, when being intimate, I like, uh, I like all different kinds of music. Like, I got an R. Kelly playlist that's probably 50 songs long integrated with like some Osley Brothers, 
all the way to Sade to uh, what else do I listen to? I, uh, like I like a mixture of different kinds of R&B. You know what I mean? Uh, TP2 on replay is is always good. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's good. Uh, Marsha Love wants to know: Do you like for a woman to take control in bed, or would you rather be the one in charge? I'm usually in control in uh, the bedroom in most areas of my life. So uh, when a woman wants to take control and she knows what she's doing when she has control, I appreciate it. So I wouldn't mind it. It's okay. Okay. Um, Cara Marie 3, has anyone ever cheated on you? Yes. Many times, one time? I mean, I wouldn't know how many times. Uh, I know yeah, I was going to say, I hope, maybe, I hope maybe you don't know. Right. <laughs> like like the, uh, the Mario song. <laughs> how did you sort of like handle that when you found out? Uh, I think I'm still damaged. I think I'm still fucked up. I don't, I don't know. That was early on in life. That was like the first girl I ever loved. I took her to the prom. I took her to the ring dance. Aww. <laughs> Are you just still you still affected by it? I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm still affected right now. Like it doesn't hurt me to have a conversation about it, but I don't, I don't think I ever loved the same. Like, how would you advise someone to deal with it? With being cheated on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think every every situation is different, um, and every relationship is different as well. So, uh, as far as like how you move forward, do you want to move forward even? Do you want to forgive? Like that depends. Everything depends on the person. If you, if you, want to look for a way to understand, you know, if you even feel like being understanding, uh, a lot of people actually, a lot of women find a way to blame themselves, especially in the entertainment industry. That's hard to deal with as a, as an entertainer. You have women that are willing to deal with things that women in normal everyday life aren't willing to deal with. Like I have a lot of women that are, are like. Uh, that have come to me that are good women, like that deserve deserving of a man to be faithful and give them the world that will settle for less because of this. Uh, and it's just easy; it varies with, with whatever situation you're in. I don't think there is no uh, one remedy for situations like this. Do you think it's that you've never loved the same, or that you just haven't been able to trust the same way? I think it's a piece of both. Trust is a part of love. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Tiffany, yep. Is the ending to Inside Part 2 real? Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> love those anticipation mixtapes, so. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, real extra sexy. Oh. Um, <laughs> Wait. So, oh, okay. I'm going to ask two more because you really you want to have more love and sex questions. Um, Andrea Hopewell wants to know, do you use sex toys in the bedroom? Do I? No. Uh, I don't mind if a woman wants to play with herself in another way and add something extra to it. Uh, we can't get too crazy, though. I don't. I think, uh, you know, pleasure is, is something that you should be able to give one another. You should be able to have fun as well. But uh, if I can't do the job myself, I'm doing something wrong. Hmm. Do it that's a good way to look at it I mean no I was like that's a way to look at it alright um, so I'm going to have one more for you um, SDK Oni wants to know did you ever get your heart broken and if so what's your best advice you could give 
to the girls that have been heartbroken? Well, when I got cheated on, my heart was broken. Uh, and, uh, you know, advice for that is time heals all, you know. You're searching for a reason. You're searching for, uh, uh, like, understanding as to why it happens. And, uh, you know, it's hard to be uh, or find someone that will love you and only you. And even if they do love only you, that, you know, you flash, you of you the world. You, you want to try new things. And uh, so I think uh, when in relationships, especially if you're young, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself or on love. I mean, because cause, uh, when you invest all of you into someone else, you know what I mean, when they do you wrong, it's a piece of you that's, like, not working at that point. It's a piece of you that's, like, can't operate correctly because you've put so much into that. So and when you see young people in that position, like, it's just the saddest thing ever because they think the world is over. The world will continue to revolve. It will continue to spin. You know, uh, life keeps going until you die. You know, and I say that to say that everything changes with time. You deal with love in time. You deal with pain in time. You deal with loss in time. Everything happens in time. Yeah. Um, did you have any more love and test questions? Because you also got, you got some good ones. <laughs> She's like, don't blow me up. Um, well, because we were talking about the love and sex, and your album type, title is Trigger. Who is the freakiest? Is it Trey, Tremaine, or Trigger? It's probably Trigger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, well, we really feel that on this album. Is it freakier than the rest? Is it more about the lovemaking? I mean, I think uh, Where's the Trigger's the freakiest. Uh, Trey Songz is probably the most passionate. Uh, um, and this album does get a little crazy. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's uh, the freakiest of my albums. Uh, it's the most explicit. It's the most brash. It's the most uh, straightforward delivery about some things that go on when having sexual encounters or when uh, being inside of love or when evading love. Uh, yeah, Trigger's it's, it's a great album. <laughs> it's a great album. Is there going to be like an inside part two? In Not on album? Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> you left that where it, where it was? Yeah, I didn't leave it where it was. I mean, the thing about music is you can always pick up where you leave off if it's if the moment calls for it again. Uh, but I have fun making the, the anticipation music. I think that's probably some of my freakiest music ever. Mm. I agree. <laughs> what you I agree. Right. <laughs> um, so last summer you dropped a song called Sensational. Mm -hmm. It was like really loving, really, really, really grown. And then fast forward a year and we have songs like Nana and Foreign. So is it sort of a mix of both or is it raunchy? Is it is it that grown? I'm, I want it. I want the inside scoop because I'm a fan. Well, it's interesting because the song today, I dropped a song today entitled What's Best For You. It's <laughs> unlike sensational Nana or Foreign. Uh, smartphones, I think, stands alone as well. Uh, I have a song entitled Change Your Mind that sounds like nothing else that's on the album while still... Uh, being very cohesive and very fluid. Uh, so I, I think it's a, a wide variety of, you know, different kinds of music, different emotions, uh, while all coming together to make what is Trigger. And uh, 
Trigger, the, the standard album is 13 songs. And if you do get the bonus, you get, uh, right now, if you get the pre-order, you get them all. Except to target three extra songs. If you get the pre-order right now, you could get uh, the 13th standard song as well as four bonus songs that are considered Tremaine bonuses. Whereas though they're coming from just a different perspective than Trigger would. If you if you feel what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Did you think about that while you were recording it, or when you gathered all the songs? You're like, let me. No, it was a song. part of the process. Okay. Uh-huh. How how was it this time recording it? It was uh, it was interesting because I um, I actually got to live life a little bit, a step away from music or the necessity to be making music or to be on the road, um, and just really make it in a free state of mind. Like, you know, just make music because I wanted to make music. Like, I probably made 20 songs before I considered myself to start working on the album. Uh, I recorded, like, more than 60 songs in the the entirety uh, of the process. And I'm still, like, working. I'm going to the studio after this long press day uh, just to listen down to the album, make sure I like it, make sure the spacing in between songs is correct. Very tedious, very meticulous of what I want it to sound like and to be like. Uh, but it, it, it's it's my truth right now. Like, you know what I mean? Every every album prior to, I would say, that was uh, even on Ready and uh, Passion, Plain, and Pleasure and Chapter 5, there were uh, compromises I had to make, you know, to uh, think about the time and what was going on in music when I made Chapter 5. It was... You know, some of the biggest R&B singers ever were making pop EDM music, that dance music, you know. So you had R&B radio stations not having much music to play and then turning into straight hip-hop stations or at sometimes playing pop music. Uh, and it's all confusing anyway because was pop popular music. Uh, so within that time span, I would think about these things, like what will play here, what will play there. How would this do here? What would it do overseas? What what should I do? Because the genre is kind of getting to this small space where uh, if you want success, this is not the kind of music to do three years ago, R&B. Uh, so with this album, I didn't think about none of that. I just wanted to make music. I just wanted to make music that felt good, that felt true. Uh, and that uh, represented where I am in my life right now without holding anything back or trying to reach a plateau that people say I should or, or gain a certain level of success that I did years ago. Is it going to be better than Ready? Is it going to be better than Passion, Pain, and Pleasure, et cetera, et cetera? I don't really care about all that. Yeah, I was going to ask, does that kind of, is that in the back of your head, all those questions? Not it used time? to be. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, who are some producers and writers that you've worked with on this? Uh, and have you still been working with Troy Taylor throughout yeah, the Yeah, Troy process? Taylor's actually uh executive producer alongside myself on this album. Uh worked uh with Mustard of course, uh Mike Will is on the on the album, uh The Interns, ah, there's so many great people. Done Deal, uh SK, uh great writers like Sam Hook, Eric Bellinger, Kevin Ross, Frank Brim. Uh, Lonnie Burrell, uh, a lot of great people on the album. I'm actually I'm forgetting people right now. I hate <laughs> forgetting people. Um, I think one of your strongest suits is being able to straddle this 
R&B hip hop line and having stayed true to it throughout everything. Like you said, huge, huge artists like sort of went to the left for a second to do what they needed to do. But um, how did you really find yourself staying strong to that? And what are some new influences that you've had coming into doing this record? Like, are there certain artists that you listen to old, old, old records before you mm -hmm. went into the studio? That's a great what question. What was that? Uh, I always find myself listening to the same old music. Like whenever I'm just listening to music, when I, when I want to become a, a student of the game and really polish my edges on what's going on in the present culture, that's when I, I kind of listen to new music and I want to know every song that's coming out. I know how many spins my song grew. I know how many spins the song ahead of me dropped. I know two weeks from now we may be number three, number one. I know all of that statistics. I'm very focused on the... Uh, the actual mathematics and the strategy of it all. But when I'm just in a place where I'm listening to music, I always find myself coming back to uh, old Jay-Z albums, Biggie albums, um, Marvin Gaye's live album, Live at the London Palladium, Donny Hathaway live, uh, listen to a lot of Sade. Uh, what else? Uh, a lot of pop. You know, I always find myself coming back to the same place of listening to music when I want to just listen. You know, I think a lot of Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Us, I like that. Even when we enjoy new music, uh, we like to go back to that moment where we do that. Uh, and for this album, I think you asked, what it, was there any particular inspiration as far as the sound was concerned? Uh, you mentioned me being able to walk the fine line of like R&B and hip hop. I think they're kind of such a hybrid at this point right now. Uh, for me, it was it was important to have tempo. It was important to have an album that moves, but still, like if you listen to Nana, it has tempo. It's, it's upbeat. It's it got a great vibe to it, but it's very sensual too. Like the way it's mixed is very uh, like even though it hits very hard, like you can hear the the uh, synthesizer going through very smooth, like and cutting through. So sonically, I wanted to make sure that it was in a place where you could listen to it the whole way through. And every song, no matter whether it's a slower song, uh, a faster song, a more urgent song, that you felt uh, you could still bob your head and still like groove to it. Um, do any of the songs sort of blend together? Like Justin Timberlake does it a lot with Timbaland. Beyonce did it some on her album. Do, do you have any was like the first one to do it mm -hmm. on Dream? You remember Dream did it on his first album? No, I didn't do that. But I do love that when it's done properly. And that's actually something that would be done in uh, like mixing and mastering. And I, like I said, I'm going to uh, master 
uh, mastering when I'm done with this press day. So I don't know at this point if if songs kind of like sound like because I know the track listing, mm -hmm. but you don't know really unless you plan to do that early on. Unless it kind of you get there and you're like, oh, that's kind of dope. It goes together. It might blend together. Uh, no, I didn't do too much of that. Um, how did Justin Bieber get on the remix of Foreign? Uh, he texted my phone said he liked Foreign. <laughs> he said that Foreign go hard. What up? Just bizzle. Who was Bizzle? Oh, big. And I hit him back, and um, we was just chopping it up about uh, possibly doing the song together and just thanking him for hitting me up. Uh, and we happened to both be in New York. And I actually overread it. I was like, I'm going to, he, he said he was going to France. And I was like, cool, well, safe travels. Wait, first he said he was in New York, but then he said he was going to France. I was in New York at the time, but it was so much going on. And I thought, I said, he's saying in New York. Well, I'm going to the studio later. I hit him. I said, well, I'm going to be in the studio later on uh, if you want to stop by. He asked me what time he's going to be there, what time I was going to be there. And he pulled up. Uh, at the time, he said he was going to pull up. Uh, he bought his engineer, and he just went in the booth and killed it. Is it the he same? He wrote it himself. He did it all. Is he singing or yeah, singing, singing and rapping? Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The rapping? Yeah. No, he's singing. He sounds good, too. He played me some of his new music. And I really like the way he's developing as an artist, I think. Uh, and especially uh, with the, the latest thing that's come out with him, saying N-Word, years ago. And I think uh, for him to be able to develop as an artist and do whatever it is he want to do musically and take all the scrutiny that he does, I think it's, it's hard to deal with. And I think he wears it well. I think being a young man... Having the world on your shoulders like he does and having the world watch you grow up and judge every step into manhood you take. Uh, I think he does a great job with it, you know, because all of us made mistakes that we wouldn't want highlighted the way they are in his life. Uh, so to have him a part of this album is, and him to be such a, a huge pop star is, is great, I think, for the culture of music because it blurs lines a bit. When you have possibly the biggest pop star ever who who puts out a single with Migos just out of the blue, it kind of throws things off. When Katy Perry has Juicy J on her song, kind of throws things off. You know, it, Like I said earlier, pop music is P.O.P. Uh, like it's considered to be a sound, but it's truly what's popular. It's truly what mo the most people like. And I think for a long time it's not been what's popular. It's been... Uh, what people choose to make pop. And when you have uh, artists like that doing things like that, I think it just shows that music is music. Do you think that with all the changes in music that we might see some reversion in a way? Because about 10 years ago, the pop charts, it was heavy, heavy, heavy R&B and hip hop. So do you think that that's sort of what's about to happen again? I think it's very well possible. Uh, I mean, from the beginning of time, uh, Music has, our music has mirrored one another, you know. Uh, uh, there was a time when Luther Vandross was at the top of the, the pop charts, the Hot 100, and could sell out uh, Madison Square five nights straight. You know, is anybody making music like Luther Vandross? No, but if Luther Vandross was making music, would it be number one right now today? It's you know, times. It's, it's more about, music isn't as much about the music and who likes it anymore. It's about the radio station and the research and how the computer says it does and the status of the artist and how many records they've sold and how many awards they've won. Uh, 
So when you have, uh, it, it's just good to have the lines blurred and have uh, hip hop having the impact, hip hop and R&B having the impact that it has on music as a as a whole. You know, because you hear the, uh, you hear, like pop culture hates to see Miley Cyrus twerking. You know, it's it's crazy to them. You know, and, but why do they hate it? Because it's young white girls that see her twerking. It's okay if it stays on black radio. Uh, and to to see once again like the lines being blurred musically is a beautiful thing because music is music and we all love it you know so uh, because a song has a certain artist on it that shouldn't make it urban or rhythmic or adult a, a contemporary like and even to stretch it another way like you have uh, you have artists that are great in the R&B space that once they get a certain age they can't play on mainstream radio it's considered urban uh, adult contemporary just because of the age you know not because of the song or because of how cool they are it's, it's it's we've we've found a way to put the artists that we love inside the box that we want them in and the powers that be whether it be radio heads whether it be uh, the program directors whether it be video directors or uh, the head of video uh, video um, outlets uh, everybody has decisions to make as far as their monetization is concerned of their company you know so radio stations will play certain records because the certain records get more attention and because it's easier for them they don't have to do the work you know uh, you get uh, people in the radio department at radio la- at uh, record labels who actually don't want to do the work they regular- they'd rather take a record that's easier to pop than a re- record that they have to push and actually work uh you think about it, Alicia Keys when she first came out, Fallen, big pop song, big. But that song took a year and a half. Yeah, she got a lot of a lot of pushback herself, just as an artist, right. to even come out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So it, the, the days if Alicia Keys Fallen came out this day and age, it would not have been as big a record because you don't have a record label that would push that hard for a record. Record labels give up on a song after a couple weeks, a couple months. Furthermore, if you're a new artist, I'm not even signing you unless you've done something yourself to show me that you have. There's no artist development anymore. There's no real uh, process into building stars. Uh, it's all systematic at this point, and it's kind of kind of monotonous. And uh, what I want to do is kind of find a way to break through that. And the way you find a way to break through that is you super serve the people that love you day in and day out. And that's why Trey's Angels are so important to me. That's why the Angel Network is where... I release Nana versus going straight to iTunes or anything like that. Uh, it's just all the thought process behind it all for me, and it's, it's so complicated and so simple at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a little bit about that and how you sort of taken what you were just talking about and manipulated it to sort of work in your favor just as far as how you use social media, how you release mm-hmm. things on Instagram. Um, when did you kind of decide that that was the route that you wanted to take? Oh, well, social media to me is just the, the, a new version of me selling mixtapes out of my trunk. Mm-hmm. You know, in my, in my hometown, Petersburg, when I, when I was uh, first trying to get on, I would pull over and pop the trunk and sell CDs, and that was going directly to the people that wanted the music. Uh, when you go directly to the radio, you go directly to uh, your label or whomever else with the music, you give them a chance to dictate whether it's hot or not when... They don't know shit. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't know what's hot. You you can only leave it up to the people to decide what music is good or what music will be uh, will be taken a certain way. So if you have people that it's like you got a girlfriend, you got a girlfriend. She loves you. She holds you down, and she's she's a good girl. You know, she she do whatever for you. But it's that one girl that's, that's so tempt. The temptation is crazy to go over there and flirt. She's flirting with you. You know, you might go. You might spend some time with her. You might go hit it. That's the pop charts for a black artist. Because once you're done hitting it, she's done with your ass. You know, your black girlfriend is over there mad at you. <laughs> you might not play on black radio again. Now you're in this little crazy space. So I've seen that happen to artists. Uh, so I'm going to stay with my girlfriend. And uh, if she want to come rock with me, she can rock with me. But I'm not going to go chase after her. I think we lose as urban artists, quote unquote, because of the way things are built up. Because we go chase pop success. You know, and pop is truly not a home for certain artists like a, a artists like myself. I can go and be over there from time to time, but I know what it is. You're comfortable here. No, it ain't even about comfortable comfortability because I would be comfortable on the pop charts, pop charts every day. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about uh, the system and the way it's formed, and the way you have to build an understanding for it. You have to understand what it is you mean to your culture and what it is you want to mean to culture. You know, because if you look at Jay Z, he He's a rock star. And he put, they put out, uh, you look at Beyonce, she put out Drunk in Love, it's a number one song because she, Beyonce. It's not a number one song because it's Drunk in Love. It's not a number one song because, uh, you know, it, it, it's all status. And once you reach a certain status, it won't matter. Yeah, but I mean, if that's you like to, to look at, uh, to go back to what I was saying, looking at Jay-Z's career, he was the number one urban artist for a long time. People forget there were artists that were bigger than him. DMX sold three million records like three times while Jay-Z was out. 50 went diamond twice while Jay-Z was out. Uh, Nelly went diamond. Eminem went diamond. Jay-Z sold one, two. Everybody was consistent. He was so consistent that the consistency took him to where he is now. It's not because he changed the way he made music or he, he went and sought after pop success. He wanted to be the best at what he was the best at. So if you're going to be a, the best at what you're the best at, you can't try to be good at this, too. You just got to be focused on being the best at this. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit earlier about Bieber, kind of how he's faced scrutiny, especially so how young he is. Mm-hmm. And I thought about Chris Brown and how he's finally out and how he could push out Loyal and how you mm-hmm. kind of, not only you, but that song was performed even without, you know, at Summer Jam without Chris Brown even there. Mm-hmm. Right. Now that he's out, is there like, I mean, you guys are pretty much, your guys are closing age, but is there advice that you give him or just, are you just there for him? You just want to know he's there. I mean, me, me and CB talk. I do feel that uh, he's made some bad decisions. He knows that. Uh, but as a man, you want to push forward. You want to push through that. And as, as a people, we have to learn that the same people that we uplift and that we give all of this fame, all of this power to, we can't want so badly to take it from them. We can't want so badly to see people do bad. Yeah. You know, if someone, and this is media uh, from the beginning of time, as far as I'm concerned, is you, you love to, uh, like the bad news will get more than the positives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it's been. Like, you know, so, uh, and I would encourage journalists of today's age to be, more more mindful of what it is they do, like, because I've had interviews where the interview was shit, but 
it's the picture they they push out. You know, it's the picture because they want the hits. It's like magazines. We want you to buy these ads. We put you on this cover because we know we can get you these ads. We're gonna talk shit about you on the cover. We know what you mean to us, but we don't really fuck with you like that. Yeah. You know. You find yourself more reserved because of that. I mean, I have been. I y'all don't know much about me at all, like my personal life, and I think that's a lot. It has a lot to do with the trajectory of my career as well, because I I did become. Uh, I did uh, reach the status that I have now because of perseverance and persistence. It didn't happen for me like Justin Bieber on his first album. It didn't happen for me like Chris on his first album. That's a lot to deal with, becoming a star instantly. Like, before you get to learn who you are, you're learning yourself while people are watching. And people, people go from praising you to waiting for you to fuck up. And as soon as you fuck up, they, they turn on you. You know, so that's that's very tough to deal with, I'm sure. So when I when I talk to Chris, it's, it's more so from a standpoint I know what you, I know what it must be like. You know, you just got to be the best you can be. You you can be make the best music you can make, and stay away from the BS. Do you think that having pe- good people in your corner has sort of helped you become sort of like a big brother type? Because you're clearly a positive role model, but. You know, you've spoken positively about Bieber, about Chris, and just encouraging them, and August Alsina, of course. So do you think that you've learned from people, and now you're now leading by example? I mean, I learned a lot bumping my head. Mm-hmm. Like, there's uh, things I've done that if I'd done them today, it would be all over the Internet. I had the chance to not be a superstar while I was doing dumb shit. <laughs> you know, fighting in the club and... You know, getting arrested and all this type of stuff when it really didn't matter to anybody. Right. You know, so I I wouldn't say that I've I've learned from anybody in particular, but I'd say that uh, I had a better chance at a learning curve. And I was already a man. I was 20 years old when my first album came out. I was already had retired my mother for two years. I already was taking care of my little brother. I, my mother was a single mother her whole life, and I was like my younger brother wasn't my youngest brother wasn't born until I was 10 and so I was a father figure in his life as well as a brother uh so and and it's very much the people you have around you because as an entertainer you don't live in the world with everybody else per se like you do but you don't you live in your bubble Mm -hmm. you you are surrounded by who makes you you know um what's the saying they say uh association breeds similarities you know, so the people closest to you, you will then take on some of their characteristics and they will then take on some of yours. You with these people every day. So if they're not uplifting you, if they're not pushing you, uh, if they're not trying to propel you forward, then nine times out of ten, they're probably holding you back. That's amazing sound advice. <laughs> it really, really is. I was going to ask um, some of Nicki Minaj's fans to take advantage of the love and sex question part to ask, of course, how the collaboration with her sounds on the album. Oh, it's nice. She talked crazy. <laughs> she talked crazy. Nikki being she Nikki? killed it. Oh, my God. She killed it. I'm, I'm proud of Nikki. Yeah, you guys also kind of, I mean, you guys have worked together, but you guys also seem to have, like, really good like, yeah, chemistry I'm, also. I'm so proud of her just to see her evolve into what she is now. Uh, she's so smart and intelligent, like, to have uh, masterminded the whole Nicki Minaj rise to where she is. Empire. To have become a 
a pop star. Like you see the music Nicki made to become a pop star. You know what I mean? Not to say that she did it because she didn't want to do it, but you see what made her a pop star. You see the records that made her a pop star. Now that she's a pop star, she can make whatever become pop because she is pop. Mm-hmm. She beasted Sunday at Summer Jam. Yeah. yeah. Beasted. Yeah, she came out raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's next? Trigger, July 1st. What's after July 1st? That's all that matters. You're not looking ahead <laughs> no, of July 1st? I ain't looking 1st? past July 1st till it comes. But you're touring, right, after yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am touring. Uh, uh, towards the end of the year, I want to plan a tour. And uh, I shot a whole bunch of videos. The What's Best For You video should be coming soon, which is the record that was released today. Uh, Change Your Mind video will be coming soon. Uh, the foreign video will be coming soon as well. Uh, so there's three videos on the way. I got, uh, what, two out? Yeah. It's so. tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one last thing. <laughs> so before so. you drop the album, July 1st, you're going to be at VET Awards. So what can fans like myself and everyone expect? Are you going to give us something special? Is it going to be sexy? I like the way you say it. I, right, right, right. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> like, I, I haven't even put it all the way together yet, honestly. Uh I'm excited about it. I haven't performed at BET Awards in a while. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, I can't relinquish too much because I don't know too much. <laughs> uh, what else is next? I'm going to uh, a Durban, South Africa, to perform at the MTV Africa Awards. Um, that's tomorrow. I go tomorrow. So that's officially when I don't know what the days are. Because uh, I think I'm gone for a week, but it, I'm only there two and a half days, and then I get back here, and it's three days after I leave or something crazy. But I'm excited about that. Do you take some space out of the studio when you after you drop an album, or do you just kind of continue? Yeah, that's interesting too. The the usual thing for my for the process is to make an album and do promo and go on the road. Like in the beginning of my career, I would I would travel with the studio. Like I would I, uh, inbox. Uh, headphones uh, and I record myself so I don't need anybody to really like be in the room but and then I took a that was early on when I when I uh, like promo my first album my second album I did that as well Uh, one of these one of these tours I had a studio on the bus I probably did about five songs on it through the whole tour uh, but I wanted to try something different with this process after I put Trigger out because I already have the concept for my next album and how I want to do it. Uh, I wanted to take a break while I do like promo album recording, promo album, I mean like tour recording, tour recording, like make sure that there are gaps in between uh, so I can stay current. And uh, what I found while making the Trigger album is that it was fun to make music while I was actually in the act of doing things like that. Studio was in my house, like I would leave the club and go make a song about the night. I would wake up, eat, and make a song about the night before, make a song about whatever I was thinking at the time. And it's it's, it's dope to be able to do that it's in right, the in moment, moment stuff, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, so you and Drake have worked together a lot over the course of your career, and I didn't see him featured. So I just want to know if you guys have like a... Jesus. <laughs> like a stash of songs or something like if you're gonna give us like a six track mixtape or uh, we've actually talked about doing a whole gang of songs do. together uh you know what's interesting when when me and drake uh with drake and i had so many songs together it was at a point in our career when both of us were waiting for that moment where we would both take off 
you know, we would see each other a lot. We would actually, like, like friends do, you know, and then he got busy and I got busy. And we still uh, are homies. Like, you know, I still love Jack to death. Uh, we aren't as close as we used to be because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be a time when we do make music together just as we did before. But right now, I think uh, it's just two men on their own mission to, to plant their own uh, imprint on the world. You you mentioned that you already kind of have a concept for the for your next album. Are there do you already have like stash of songs from yeah, yeah, from yeah. these sessions? I about I about five yeah. about five songs that I like. Uh, will they stay on the album? I don't know. You know, it changes as my emotions change, as time changes. Uh, but I'm very very excited about the concept because it's it's uh, it's like a piece of this concept. You know, if there's Trigger, there, there has to be Tremaine, there has to be Trey Songs, there has to be Trey. And I have to find a way to explain myself. So this um, one, Tremaine? Trilogy? Mm-hmm. Tremaine. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, but you're going to focus on that more? That oh, it's going to focus, like I said, if you get the, the bonus album, uh, you get four tracks. Oh, with the different type yeah, of concepts, with yeah. with different mindset of Tremaine. And uh, if you look at all my visualizers, which are, and visualizers are basically... Uh, Something for fans to see if you watch a video on YouTube before there's a video while you listen to the song. They've all been um, cohesive black and white, uh, with white taking up most of the negative space. And for the Tremaine, What's Best For You that was released today, if you see the visualizer, it's mostly black. With, it's inverted. You know, uh, so and I have a philosophy that, with that, too, because Trigger's a little bit more of an upbeat album. It's a little bit more like vibrant, it's a little more crazy, like I said, flagrant in your face. Uh, so the white space represents that light. And because Tremaine, not too many people know about it, the black space represents that closure and the white space represents it uh, kind of being let out a little bit. I'm excited, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped. No, because we're up. What are you um, but do you have any more questions? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> you think so? I think you so. Good? I have to be good because once this is done, it's done. I know, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I love I'm how saying. you talk at your hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's done, it's done. Uh, but I appreciate you coming through. No, thank and talking you. more stuff about you and that are not the album. I appreciate that also. No, it's all good. So. I mean, I like it when it's like when it's a conversation. Yeah. That's when it's good. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.